With a bad foot pumped up Because statistics are the best The bad foot pumped up Because you don't need footwear to bet Welcome back to the Barefoot Puncher. I'm your host as always, The Mug, your co-host, The Logical One. The Pope is with us as well. And of course, we take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor. But instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2021 AFL and NRL season. And it's a big grand final and Brownlow, welcome to the program, to The Logical One. Thank you, Mug. What a horrible round of footy we just encountered. I think it was the biggest collective margins in preliminary finals in history. There wasn't much to get excited about in terms of competitiveness of the games unless you backed those teams. But um, hopefully we can, with the week off coming up, uh, controversial as it is, I think that's going to help the dogs because they were probably the team that done a lot of travelling and got a few injuries and hopefully that travel will... I mean, sorry, that week off, we'll give them a bit of rest up and we can get a competitive one in a couple of weeks' time. And uh, hopefully the week off, Logical, gives me enough time to work out how I'm going to dig myself out of this hole that uh, I'm in on the Doggies Premiership. Uh, I've, uh, I've, got to, <laughs> I've got to do some <laughs> got to do some moving and shaking. Um, but uh, let's go over and say hello to the Pope. Yeah, hi, Mark. Thank you very much. Coming off a fairly exciting week of NRL finals over the weekend. Some outsiders either won or went very, very close to winning. So fairly intriguing first week of finals, which has reinvigorated interest going into week two. I think it's quite a interesting competition now where we find ourselves. And obviously the main aspect being that we will not have a Melbourne v Penrith grand final. So the Cats are firmly amongst the pigeons, Mark. Yeah, and it probably, probably for you, the, probably for the first time this year, um, Pope, it probably went against you a little bit this year. Um, uh, what did you make of those games and those results? Like, it was obviously a surprise to you from a punting point of view, but um, when you sat back and watched in the lounge room, what, what were some of the thoughts uh, running through your head? Yeah, both Saturday's games, I was relatively surprised. The outcome, certainly the Penrith-Stouse game is one. As the week went on, if you had asked me, who's your lock for the week, I would have said Penrith. So them getting done in the way South played was a big surprise. They haven't done that all year. So And Titans running, well, should have beaten Roosters in the end, but that was a out-of-the-box too. They haven't gone anywhere near one of those top six teams all year. So good for the competition, though, that um, probably makes it a bit more intriguing going in the last three weeks. And for the layman, Pope, what was it that Souths actually did in the game that um, nullified uh, Penrith and allowed them to get the result? Defended, in one word, Mum. If you had a said going in the game, South would score 16 points, you would have had them come away with a loss. No one, I don't think anyone would have said they'd win the game if, the, if they only scored 16. So they got up in Penrith's face, did it for 80 minutes. They were intense, carried it, carried it throughout, which they sort of had lulls throughout the year, so they didn't do that. They played full 80 minutes, got up in Penrith's face, and they were rattled by the end of the game, the Panthers. Yeah, well, it's... Uh... If everything goes to script from here, it sets up a, a really big uh, prelim, doesn't it, with Storm and, uh, and the Panthers. So we um, we look forward to that. And Logical, over and in I the... Am a little bit Pope, I am a little bit disappointed we're not going to get Penrith versus Storm grand final. The market, I've just had to run a quick few numbers there, and I see the market just thinks that it's basically the prelim is the grand final and that those two teams combined effectively 
go into the grand final, a dollar forty favourite. Whoever wins there, well, including Para, but Para unbelievably a thirty-eight to win the flag um, with only needing three wins to win it. Um, but yeah, that's essentially saying that this is the grand final, which is which is a little bit of a shame, and one of those sides is going to go off pretty short in the grand final. Hey, well, the only thing that can stop it in the narrow year is a Tommy Turbo tear the next two weeks that probably change those grand final prices, logical one, but even then we're saying that the kryptonite for Tommy Turbo is Storm or Penrith, so it's, it's hard to see it not being those prices, as you said, and probably against South even if they get there, that's even shorter than $1.40 for especially Storm. If they get South, I think you'll find that around $1.30 in the grand final. Yeah, well, that dollar forty is the average of the two making it, but the storm make it go even shorter. So, that, yeah, they're going to be anything from, you know, that a dollar dollar thirty six down to a dollar thirty favourite, aren't they? Maybe even shorter in a grand final. Yeah, they are. The good news as the week transpired too is that we get to watch both the AFL grand final and that preliminary final at the same time, which was in doubt for most of the week. So, PVL sort of had a bit of a change of heart for. For once in his life, and we get to see both games now, which is a small mercy at least. So, was it PVL that had the change of heart, or was it the uh, the CEO that, that came to the sort of made that decision? I think I'll, I think CEO is a spokesperson for what PVL has to say. Um, logical one, but remarkably, the, it seemed to be an oversight. Is what they say that they just didn't factor in that the grand final was going to be a night game for AFL, which is which is quite astounding in itself. Yeah, living in their rooms with the doona pulled over their heads, are they up there or something? What's going on? Yeah, that would have been a tough Google search to find out the AFL grand final time, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it, Mug? They just decided that um, it must have been traditional slot throughout the pandemic and the fact it hasn't been in Melbourne for two years and things might have changed there, but we, we got the right outcome in the end. Yeah, very good. And uh, logical over in the AFL, mate, uh, you've already alluded to the fact that they were pretty poor games to watch um, in the uh, yeah, on the nights that, that they went on. But um, digging a little bit deeper, you know, wh- where do the Cats go from here? What do they do? They got some big decisions to make and I think it's pretty widely uh, published in the media that they, this is the case. They've got a lot of aging stars. They seem, but they've seen to, They've done this before. Mm. I've thought this. I've thought this time and time and time again. And they generally bring in other players. But when they've done that, they've retired the other senior players when they've brought them in. Who are they going to retire? Well, I think they've just re-signed Gary Rowan, which was, which is probably not very timely because that was only a few weeks ago. And and you know he would have lost the confidence of his teammates. I think after after that final series. Um, and then. Um, you know, Joel Selwood and and a few of these other Henderson and these guys. Um, what do they do with them? You know, Tomahawk's still playing career best form, and and Danger's still got a, a fair bit left in him. I thought I thought his efforts were okay the other night. Yeah, so they still got still got and and um, you know some of them are still going okay. But yeah, they got some big tough decisions to make. And um, do you subscribe to the theory that? You know their football is good enough throughout the year to get them to the, the prelim, but then when the big games games play, that their game doesn't stand up. Or do you think that they've just underperformed um, in in the in the big moments? It's hard, it's hard to say, isn't it? Last year they last year they were dollar forty in a in a half time in a grand final. So, so, but but they were shorter quarters and a shorter season, so it suited that 
suited the style um, of of the way that they play and, and the aging players. You know, uh, yeah, I, yeah, they they get a home ground advantage, but they didn't really necessarily get that this year. That got them to the to the finals because they lost that for a big chunk of the year and last year even. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm, you know, I couldn't couldn't. Uh, couldn't say one way. It's hard to criticise them. They they get to the prelim most years. Like you know, there's plenty of teams that don't make it that far. So I don't know. Um, and uh, and Port, what's missing for them, mate? They last two years they've probably had the two best chances to win the grand final. Maybe that they'll have in. It's hard to forecast, but uh, what's missing for Port? Well, mate, as a, bit, a little bit like. It's one game of footy, both years, small sample sizes. I, you know, you know I'm not one that's going to come out and say I'm the expert and they got this deficiency and they got this deficiency. Sometimes team have a bad night or, 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 or whatever, you know, like I'm not going to, like I'm not the one that can say what's wrong with Port, but, you know, it's pretty disappointing that they haven't won a flag over these two campaigns where they've had home ground advantage mm. and they've had everything in their favour and they haven't gone on to do it. Probably just not good enough. Um, but yeah, that's that's very disappointing for those port supporters. Yeah, for sure. And um, we might uh, have a quick chat, boys, about some bad beats. Uh, logical. I don't know. Did you see anything in the AFL? I just saw bad games. I didn't see any <laughs> bad beats. <laughs> I was a bit the same. So uh, we'll go over and have a chat to the Pope because I I know there was one for sure, and he might even have more. Pope, what did you see? No, that's that is the standout. Of, I think we're on the same page here. Mug, just Patrick, throw the pass either to David Fafetta or Corey Thompson and you make it to week to a final. So yeah. relatively big oversight from, from Patrick. Just throw the ball, buddy, and um, one of your two players go through unmarked. It's a it's a it's a massive stuff up in a elimination final. Yeah. And it's hard to know what goes through a player's head in that moment, but I don't know, was he was what 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 did he get? Was there anything in the media about the reason that he didn't, or did anyone speak about it, Pope? Yeah, it's selfishness or occasion got big on him. I think Mug and I lean towards just the occasion got big on him. I think, yeah, multiple reasons. But they were, they were down the other end of their field with forty seconds to go. So you're probably thinking we're out of this, and in your mindset, it's very different when you make a length of field break and a play later. You you're talking about winning an elimination final. So. I just think he probably got rattled, probably choked for what of a better term in that moment and didn't throw the pass and he's going to live to regret it. Well, he wouldn't have been on his own choking uh, on, uh, on on the weekend, that's for sure. I think there was a few teams and individuals uh, that definitely did that. Um, Pope, we're going to go he's over it now. Just uh, the Amodla would have been very disappointed on that one. He, he had a cracking round, but he would have got two of the outsiders over the line and a third and a third cover. Had they got over the, the line as well, so he uh, he's definitely in good form last weekend. Yeah, and he is strong in Newcastle too, and they didn't cover on the back of a contentious last couple of minutes, too, which had the minus cover. So that's a that's another bad beat in terms of betting, um, poor betting markets. But yeah, Titans is the standout of the week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, thank you very, Pope. We'll come back and uh, chat with you pretty soon, mate, around some NRL. Now, Logical, um, of course, we've got the pre- uh, the uh, grand final uh, in a uh, week and a half's time or so now. Uh, is there any early sort of thoughts that you had on that? 
I've been doing a bit of Norm Smith research today, which I love doing. I really enjoy the Norm Smith. And when I do that, I, I seem to learn more about the teams match up, match up between each other than what you do normally, because you're just doing that extra bit of work. Things I've really I noticed there was, I, I thought probably that, you know, you look at those bottom four or six finals, grand finals teams, I thought the dogs would have the weaker of that. But when I go through it, I actually think Melbourne have got the weaker bottom six than the dogs, and the dogs have more depth. Bottom six players you're talking about? Yeah, the bottom six players, the weakest six players in the, in, in the, um, in the matchups. Um, I think I've got it here. Uh, I'll just get across. Probably looking at the, the dogs, probably looking at um, Shaki, Rock Smith, Zane Cordy, and maybe Vandermeer, depending on whether or not he plays. Mm. Um, other than that, I think they're reasonably solid depth, whereas Melbourne, you know, Jake Bowie, Tom Sparrow, Trent Rivers, James Jordan, Harrison Petty, Michael Hibbert, you know, um, I think they're a little bit weaker down the bottom. Uh, where they get the dominances of the ruck, um, they're pretty weak in the ruck, the dogs. And then the midfields are reasonably similar. Uh, and Melbourne, probably slightly better, or probably better with key backs with Lever and May. So it's probably more even than what I thought it was going to be before I started going through this this sort of um, analysis and, and probably think the prices on the based off that are around about the mark, especially with the week off that the dogs get. Otherwise, you might have been, been able to sort of see a weakness in that they've travelled so much and they're tired and they had the bond that was sore and, and the like. But they'll get Waitman back and they'll get Keith back as well. Um, and Melbourne probably may gets one less week with his hamstring. So, yeah, I think the prices are, are, are about right, uh, whereas I probably thought I was going to be keen on the Demons. Yep, okay. Um, all right, mate. And um, did you have uh, anything that you did want to share around that Norm Smith or is that something that uh, we'll, uh, we'll obviously post it on for the mailbag.com? Um, but um, is there anything there that sort of caught your eye when you were doing that analysis? Yeah, there is. Uh, I think we'll keep it for next week. Um, got a big show next week. We'll, we'll go through Norm Smith then. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about the match and the exotics in the match. I, like the market hasn't really formed too. I like to bet on Betfair on the Norm Smith. So it might be better if we got a bit more liquidity on yep. Betfair next week to talk about. Um, I thought we'd just move across and talk about a little bit about a few Brownlow lanes. Yep. Um, keeping- well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's Mary Pumpness uh, this Sunday night. We, we love, we love the, uh, the Brownlow. Um, I know you've been casting your eye across a few things. Um, what have you seen? Yeah, and just noting you get with uh, mailbag.com.au, I think uh, our producer was saying it's fifteen ninety nine for the for the end of season, and you get you'll get the Brownlow, you'll get the North Smith, and you'll get the the Grand Final, which is which is a, a good, good value there. So um, Brownlow, one one I've sort of unlike um, back in the day, I used to do analysis of every single game, which was you know like that's when I was really um, Brownlow probably. Markets weren't as strong as they, they are now, and I used to love it, but due to um, working in a different bit of a role nowadays, I don't get to see absolutely every single game. I'll get to put the analysis in, but, you know, I still use some different techniques and, and I get some good sets from, you know, um, the modeler's given me his set. Uh, yeah. I mentioned last week, Dave, he's a very good judge. He's given me some, some, of, his, some of his thoughts. 
and where they line up, those two people who I really respect and one or two others, um, I can find some value. Um, the ones that I've seen as a bit of an overview, the brown in the in the outright uh, seems to be most most quite like Oliver, um, and and the other ones steel um, steel steel might maybe be the top three shot uh, or or steel in the outright. They're they're the two that really stood out for me um, from from what of uh, the info I've been given. Yeah, and uh, and mate, you know it's. Having uh, cast my eye for, uh, over a few models over the last couple of days, that's that's definitely what I'm seeing as well. Uh, that Jack Steele um, price, I think, depending where you shop, eight nine dollars uh, maybe. A, you know, I've seen a, quite a few models that have Steele winning. Uh, a couple of models that have him missing by one or two, like at the price. I think that's uh, that's well worth it. Throw up the stumps uh, for sure. Yeah, and, and the mod they're giving is his set, which is great because it's based purely on stats. Uh, but what also can be done is you can then overlay that with someone who's watched every game or watched every game like, like Dave has. Or, and also then you add on top of that things that are external factors that you can put overlay on top of the stats like... Um, someone that stands out or someone that's voted really well. Logical that, you know, you've done a lot of work on that over the years. Baldness stands out. Uh, unusual gait, like the bond or something like that stands out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you look at the guys um, in the top of the market. Um, and to me, uh, the ones this year. Redheads logical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, Clayton Oliver, he would be one that stands out. The only thing about Oliver I worry about is the bad bloke factor. I'm not sure he's a great bloke, and I, and I think he has a bit of a word to the, the umpires. Um, so that, that would be the concern for him. Uh, the other, and then, then Jack Steele, don't think he necessarily stands out massively. He's got a little bit of long hair. Ollie Wines could potentially. Um, none of them are too vanilla. Um, you know, Darcy Parrish, top of the market. Don't know whether he stands out match. Sam, Sam Walsh, to me, doesn't. Jack McRae definitely doesn't. Um, and Tom Mitchell's the one that's a lot higher in the market than I thought he would be uh, this this year because, um, you know, he, he does poll well, but he racks it right up. But I didn't think his season was nearly as good as, good as where, he, where he is in the market. Yeah. Well, uh, mate, I know uh, you'll be doing a lot more work on the Brownlow in the coming days, as will I. And... Um, We'll, uh, we'll converse, no doubt, uh, over the coming days and, and scour every single market that there is and, um, and we'll be getting some, uh, some really solid bets out for the, uh, for, the, for the listeners and for the subscribers uh, of the mailbag.com.au. So um, keep your eyes tuned to that, listeners, and uh, we'll get that out to you guys pretty soon. Yeah, I've already got a couple of other ones that I really like that I'll be putting out on the mailbag, um, but uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to follow that in as well. Awesome. All right. Very good. Well, uh, logical. Before we um, we flip over, I'll give you an opportunity to jump in. But uh, also, too, just wanted to say uh, kudos to you, mate, for the Gary Ayres medal. Jack McRae, seven dollars. I know your uh, your good mate Dave uh, was uh, tipping that one up, and you managed to share that with the listeners last week. And that looks to be a pretty good thing now. So, of course, not over the line yet, but only Bailey Smith can get him, and uh, it looks pretty unlikely that that will happen. So that looks like a good runner, mate. So. Uh, well done on that one. Yeah, I think I worked that out to be about a dollar three shot. So it's the reverse of um, <laughs> Bailey getting best on ground and McRae not getting enough votes to, to, because uh, he gets three is unbeatable. 
So yep. it's about a dollar, dollar three shot is where, where I make that now. Yeah, nice, mate. And uh, was there anything else that you wanted to just back over um, as we um, get prepared to take the break this weekend? No, I think that's it for, for now. Um, unless you've, got, any, unless no, you've got, any, got it out for you in the brown, though, um, then uh, let's crack on with, uh, with the NRL and the Pope. All right, let's get over to him right now. NRL semi-finals and uh, Pope, they're both being played in Mackay. Uh, and the first one we're looking at is Friday night at 7.50, Manly taking on the Roosters at $1.29, favourites Manly, and 11.5 point favourites. Obviously, Manly coming off a loss. What are you thinking here? Yeah, it's an intriguing week, logical on this one. You've got the a losing team playing a winning team, and that, that can distort thinking a little bit, can I think we see that across both codes to some degree, and it's quite interesting. I think from a betting standpoint, whatever angle you take, we're finding something at a price here. So you're probably backing Roosters head-to-head, or you're taking Manly at margins in this one, the way this can pan out. The best version of Manly goes on and probably mounts a score. And you've also then got the the side of the team who's probably knowing that their season's over and what that does for them mentally. So I think whichever angle you go for is at a, at a decent price is how you look at this. And probably find out in the first 10 minutes which one which way it's going to be. So, so Roosters are operating on fumes probably at the moment. They, they look tired. They've been bent down by injuries. A fair bit throughout the year, and, and they were lucky on Saturday. And Titans didn't find it that hard to open up their defence. So I lean that way. That I think Manly, while they were well, Melbourne unlocked the key, had to stop Tommy Turbo. This is a different ball game, and I, I think Manly bounce back here. And with that in mind, that bounce back go on to win pretty comfortably. I think in this one. So margins is how I'd be thinking towards Manly in this game. Logical one. Okay, and. Storm unlocked that key. Why can't the Roosters go and replicate that? I don't think they've got the personnel for one, and they don't have, and they don't have the. Tr- probably Trent Robinson's a very good coach, but Bellamy just he knows how to lock down superstars. He knows how to get in defensive mindset to stop these guys. They've had a history of it across the years. Storm that I don't think Roosters have the personnel to be able to do that with with injuries and the like. They just won't be able to stop Tommy getting to his favourite areas and unlocking the key to that back line for Manly. So I think they're just beaten down and, and they look tired. They look like they're operating on empty, I think, at the rest of the moment. And it's only going to take one of these good teams to play against them. And I think this will be the end of the road for the Roosters this week. And so what Storm were just basically, any time Turbo got the ball, they were onto him quicker than normal or what were they doing that was so unique for Tommy? Well, they knew where he was going, seemingly. The, the Pep players, they knew what Manly wanted to do and they were one step ahead. So they had defenders in those spots to Tommy's favourite areas and, and stopped him getting there. And then the kick chase, they, they were kicking to him, which is probably a bit bit different kicking for the wingers. So they were taking that first play out of it, probably getting defenders on him, putting contact, hurting him in, in the tackle when he had to take the ball back three or four on him, which has a cumulative effect throughout the game. But... Ultimately, they knew where he was going before, probably before Manly knew what was happening. So they were just one step ahead of him on the night. Yeah, amazing. Uh, the modeler, he's neutral on this game. Uh, so uh, no view whatsoever. So just the Pope's angle, get with the margins on the minus. And uh, that's the first one for you, punters. 
Uh, the second game of the round, Pope, we're going to Saturday night in Mackay. Um, why are the all both games in Mackay this week? Is that going to be the trend again next week or what's what's the situation there? Just COVID reasons, I think, logical one, that take it out to these these venues, it won't be going forward that Suncorp have the preliminary finals and the grand final, but I think it was just what's compatible around probably ground wear and tear and find venues within Queensland that were available at the time. So they probably didn't want to play Suncorp this week because they're, they're going to have three games in the in eight days after that. So they needed to, to find other venues to, to get through this week, I think. Yeah, Okay. And so Saturday night, uh, Penrith Panthers take on the Parramatta Eels. Penrith are a dollar twenty-three and twelve and a half point favourites. What's your thoughts here, mate? Get on the twelve and a half now. Logical one. This will not be here come Saturday. I can see this going off around fifteen and a half. That the recency bias of the team losing playing a winning team is overcorrected pretty significantly here, and Penrith bounce back and do it really easily, I think, in this one. So there's, first of all, that 12 and a half line is still a bet for mine. Melbourne subscribers would have seen a bet earlier today for minus 11 and a half. I still think the 12 and a half is a bet. And then as the week goes on, I think there's other angles to be found here around Parramatta under points and things like that that will tip up later in the week. But fundamentally, Penrith win this pretty comfortably. I think they'll be stung by what happened the other night and where they find themselves this week. And I think you'll see a very different performance from them this week. And Conversely, Parramatta were similar how Parramatta played for the last seven or eight weeks outside of the Storm game on Sunday. They were sort of lucky that they're playing against a team who's fortunate to be in the finals and, and they only just got over the line. So their run-ins this week as well, they're, they're not that great a fifth seed or sixth seed. Parramatta and I think Penrith win this comfortably and, and bounce back from um, what was a pretty flat performance from them on Saturday night. And you backed the 11 and a half earlier on today. What was the opening price on this game? The 11 and a half. That, that sort of had moved, got juiced at some bookies to the minus in the last couple of days. And this afternoon it's gone to 12 and a half. But they'll keep going in the next three or four days. Yeah. And the mother, he doesn't have a big view here. But interestingly, because he normally really likes the outsiders, interestingly, if any lean, it's a small, small lean to Penrith, which is very unusual at this price point. So, um, He's not, he's not against you here. So this sort of uh, lines up and says get with the minus with the both of you agreeing there. Yeah, they... they see, I was just too good for him the other night. So I wouldn't... So I wouldn't write Penrith off in terms of their overall credentials. They're going to have to do it the hard way, but they're still a very, very good football team. And I think you'll see that Saturday night with additional motivation of obviously finding themselves in a position they wouldn't have seen themselves in a week ago. Okay. And just finally, Pope, um, is there anything I see in the premiership, uh, the Storm of 215, Penrith are around the 450, quoting around those, those, those Betfair markets. Can you find anyone on the other side of the draw that you think is value, uh, firstly, for the premiership? The only one that you, I think you could, you, you rarely see a team that's won through a preliminary final around the $6 mark, logical one. So South's... If they produce a performance like that the other night, that they're probably too big. So on the basis of that, I guess is their preliminary final price slight favourites, or you'd have South slight favourites in that, and then you're talking about their price in the grand finals 
325, 350, which is which is a big price. And if they perform like they did against Manly, if they perform against Manly like they did the other night, I don't think they were coming off that big. So that's the only one I could sort of find that's of increased value, I think, at around the $6 mark for a team that's won directly through or is it the week off? That's that's quite an attractive price. Okay. And just to finally, Pope, was there anything else in Clive Churchill, top point scorers, anything else there? Question without notice, I know, but has anything stood out to you during the week that you like? Yeah, we'll, we'll go down the top try scorer out again this week. Logical one and what we'll do up. So we went Ruben Garrick at $13 last week and he didn't score a try, but I think you could do worse than back any of the three Manly players in the top 10 in that market that you got Saab at $5 or thereabouts who's quite an attractive price for a favour in one of these markets. It's generally, these are more, more value to be found elsewhere in the in the bigger prices. But Saab, Tommy and Ruben, I think you could do worse than sort of getting behind those with different, different invests. That the theory being that Manly, obviously, short price favourites this week. And then they've fallen on the softer side of the draw as a result of Penrith losing. So they're gonna they're gonna play Roosters doll thirty favourites. They're gonna play Souths after that as slightly outsider. So the big chance of playing four games in the final series into the grand final. And we have seen throughout the year when they score, they score heavily. So I think you can those prices, whether that's Turbo or Garrick, especially at thirteen fifteen, I, I think that's worth a bet still this week. Who what's the what's the leader on? Three, who's now out of competition. So that's a Newcastle player, and he's he's gone. Then Saab's on two, and he's at five dollars. Turbo and Garrick zero, but we have seen that when they score, they can score tries in both both those two players, and wouldn't put me past me for that to occur. Certainly this week, potentially. Okay, cool, like it, very good. Once again, Pope, fantastic. Uh, we'll be back again next week for some preliminary finals and some Norm Smith and some Premiership and some Brownlow Roundup. Look forward to that. Mark, anything to, to say in, the, in closing? No, just uh, excited for Brownlow and uh, excited for uh, the two games in the NRL. And uh, without any further ado, logical, we better sign off and say, gamble responsibly, but more importantly, gamble to win. <laughs>